Balance Pod. Right. So, welcome back. Podcast episode, what, 11 now? Yeah. Yeah. We are, we're 10 more episodes away from from the, uh, the Being in goal, the 99%. The 99% goal. 20 episodes. Yep. Yeah. So, I guess what? This is kind of a celebratory thing, and we didn't have anything to put out for next Monday. So we're just we're just kind of here. Yeah. 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 You know what I was actually thinking of doing? Because what I, I've been doing what fighting, and a lot of just sitting around and doing nothing. Same. And sitting around and doing nothing in in a purposeful intent. I'd like to add because at least I've been taking maybe an hour. I stop working at six thirty and I take from six thirty to seven thirty and just do I I do nothing. I just sit in the darkness and face towards that ping pong table. Mm-hmm. What Don't you've been you've been keeping track of? You're so fucking loud. If you lean in, lean back. Okay, okay, okay. So you've been keeping track or writing down your dreams lately. Yeah, true. Yeah. For what purpose or why did you start doing that? Well, there's a lot. I feel like even when I'm going to sleep, there's a feeling, there's a sort of pattern that I can recognize into where my brain just starts thinking of incoherent nonsense. But I feel like that incoherent nonsense is actually something that's good for humans to understand. Because we only use a very, very small select percentage of information that we have. And I feel like at least through understand, or at least for me, I thought understanding what's in that subconscious would get me closer to God. Because what's in my head, I don't know if there's something so, okay, that was already right. there from when I was born. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of memories that I've suppressed unconsciously. And they're just stuck in there. All the information that I've ever absorbed, it's just stuck in there in one place. But because of what various external reasons, I've been locked out of that that chamber in my mind. Okay. So I feel like dreams are the first step in which I can kind of get closer to that. And uh, that's, that's so why I've been writing them down. You're saying that the information that we have access to is in our conscious and the rest of it is in our subconscious yeah you also sound like you you sound like a robot yeah yeah i do all right (laughs) okay but so that information will help you come closer to god that's the don't speak into the mic you're so loud you're so loud my bad my bad the the difference between my vocal levels and the difference between your vocal levels is crazy mine are fluctuating like this and you're going all you're just going up and down the screen bro Uh relax don't speak into the mic yeah my bad okay so I was asking, so you think that information that you don't know, that you don't have access to will help you get closer to God? That, I mean, that's the, that's the intent, I'd say. Because, like, what else? There's something in there. At, at least this is my preconception. I've done no mm-hmm. research into it. There's something in there. And I think the people that understand that something in there are the people that, that kind of ascend, or not ascend, but they're capable of doing higher things. Or they have a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. And... This is, I think, expressed in a lot of literature as well. Yeah. Because even traditional literature, even if you go past traditional literature, a lot of a lot of self help books and stuff, they're they're telling you to understand, uh, like the inner workings of your subconscious. And I think a lot of philosophers have talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. I remember there's a lot about, or there was a lot about that when I was reading about Socrates. But even even in contemporary works. If I was looking at Bleach, for example, which is a, an anime, yeah. and I was even thinking about this, it's I think it's more the Japanese philosophy, but also it's so deep-rooted into that manga where he was, it's basically like the power, like you get more power 
the most powerful people in that entire entire series are people that like understand different aspects of their brain that isn't their conscious self. Mm-hmm. And even uh, reading about like Miyamoto Musashi, I think the Japanese like I think first where I got introduced to it was Bleach. Mm-hmm. But then when I but step because back, you're an anime fan, yeah, because I'm an anime fan. Yeah. But then when I step back and I look at other larger life contexts, yeah, then I feel like there is uh, a deeper understanding there. And I feel like, uh, I feel like humans in general, they, I don't know about you specifically, but whenever I look at, look for a piece of entertainment, by the end, if it's a memorable piece of entertainment, I try to always look for the deeper meaning in it. And I feel, or there was something that I read in uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, that's, that even in the prologue, it, it's basically just saying that people are trying to look for a deeper meaning in everything. Like they're looking for it externally, and I feel like if if we're wired to look for things like that externally, we should start by looking internally first. And I think accessing the information from the subconscious is, or through dreams at least, is the first step of that. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I've never like asked anyone if they if they're ones to observe or try to uh, obtain meanings from external things. Well, okay. Well, I've always thought that the meaning we get from the meaning we make from, for example, of a piece of entertainment, again, just like I said, is we make meaning out of it. There was no intent for meaning to be created out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And even even if it's like. But I think that's the good thing. Oh, okay, sure. Or that's the valuable thing about entertainment. Yeah. That it can be interpreted in so many ways, and we can make entertainment out of it, or we can make meaning out of it. But in terms of searching inner. For me, I've always been a little scared, or not scared. I've just been hesitant because I feel I feel like I'm not at that place yet where I'm, or I feel like there's a certain sage. Because when you think of people who are searching in their subconscious, right? You're thinking of people like, for example, yogis, which you know, if you don't they renounce all material desires, there. Uh, yeah. Is, is yeah. that what you're trying to hint at? Yeah, like I feel like those people are some at a stage that I'm not there yet. And so for me, I've been hesitant to step into that. But I think there's no there's no harm in getting started or writing down dreams, like you said, after talking with you. I feel like there's never uh, a stage where you truly, like, I'm ready to, to get into this. Yeah. I feel like for yogis especially, even when I was reading the, the yogi book, the autobiography of a yogi, mm-hmm. he, I don't think, was ever... Or at least the chi- the transition from childhood to to adulthood, it's not like he gets to a stage of life. There's just a a part in the book. I guess it's always pushing for him to be a yogi. He thinks his his dharma is to be a, a yogi. Uh huh. Oh. But it's a very hard transition. I think it's after his mother's death. It's been a while since I read the book. Yeah. But I think right after his mom died. And he hears about some some circumstances surrounding his mom's death, mm-hmm. about because he had a, he had a dream I think yeah. that his mom's gonna die, because she 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 was like frequently diagnosed with some illness, mm-hmm. but that illness was never life threatening. But one day he woke up from a, a dream and told his dad that his mom was gonna die and we should hurry to see her. And his dad was like like what the hell like there's no way. Yeah. And but then uh, due to his persistent begging, he he eventually he goes to his mom's. Uh, his mom's like deathbed where she she's already died because his dad delayed them going there and he hears later from her older brother that 
her his his or he hears from his older brother that when she was dying her mom his mom told the older brother that he he was to renounce all uh, material desires and go for like the path of a yogi okay and he I, hears I, from his older brother older brother yeah and even though he's always pushed in that direction i think that moment or at least from what i remember of the book that's when he just finally just he he makes a hard switch and tries to seek out uh this the divine well you might have to edit this out but his older brother said his older brother said what again his older brother said that his mom told him at her deathbed that like he was destined to become a yogi or something oh and there's okay, also right, something right. with okay uh, if I remember correctly, about how he was super ill as a kid, mm-hmm. and his father's mentor, which was also uh, a yogi, he kind of nursed, or not nursed, but he, like, through prayer and stuff, he was brought back to life. So mm-hmm. the, he's always had some divine things surrounding his his life path. Mm-hmm. But the, like, the thing about him becoming a yogi, there's there was hints in his life, but I think there there was a point in which he made a hard transition. Well, if you believe in reincarnation, then you could argue that his divine something, his life being centered around this divinity is because of that could be the stage that I'm referring to. Like, or as in he's here. Oh, like you're not, you're not ready for it in this life. I'm not. uh, Yeah. Because I've never had that kind of, I mean, I've had these, I've had that thought that, you know, there's something higher to be achieved. But I've always felt that I should do that once I get to a certain point. You Sit know? back. Yeah, my bad. Or move the mic up forward. It's actually, it's breaking the audio. My bad. Good? Uh, speak like how you were speaking earlier. Yeah, okay, this is how I was speaking earlier. Okay, much better. All right. Okay. But, yeah. In terms of, or going back to what you were saying about how we're wired to making meaning out of things, I think that making meaning doesn't have to be from inside right i at first i know you started and we, i started by making meaning out of things by m- making meaning out of not a piece of entertainment like we said earlier but making meaning out of our lives for example i wouldn't argue that's necessarily something inner we were just searching for a general meaning like something greater what our function within society yeah something like that but that's external. That's not internal. So yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm talking. People make people make meaning out of material things. Like this watch was passed down through my through my mom's family for generations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the watch doesn't have any value to it, but you're giving it value, as you were saying earlier. Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like that's a way in which people uh, uh, assign meaning to things, and I feel like I feel like societal. That that's an interesting thing that you brought up too. Because I don't really have an answer to that. But I also feel like yogis or people at that really advanced stage, they don't really care about societal or their place in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. They're solely searching I mean, internally. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for people like us, we need to balance. Because, I mean, unless we, either of us just hard rejects reality and just goes and sits on a mountain all day long. Which I don't think we. That's what I'm get, saying. I don't think we're wired. I don't think we're wi- I don't think we're wired to do that. Yeah, or at least I don't think that's the. Because you said this yogi, even from a young age, he had these feelings. Yeah. Do he have those feelings? I mean, what? Maybe re-elaborate. What kind of feelings he has? 
it's more he has some sort of attraction to divinity from how early very like probably when he was born as soon as he realized he had feelings okay he, he was very attracted to his father's mentor I think but his father's mentor passed away when he was very very young okay like he'd always try to go learn from him or something like that yeah that's what I mean I don't think that we are like that you know like we're not wired to think that way yeah you said it's from a very young age as soon as you're able to feel things yeah well, I mean, that's that's the concept of Dharma, right? It's a, it's a different thing. But I feel like... I, I feel like... I don't know about you, but I feel like for me, I feel like it's a duty for myself to actually understand or to at least open up the gateway Yeah. so that I, I, some I, version of me in uh, whatever era can rip that door open and actually get in there and see what I don't know about. about that, but in general... I don't want to not read more about something just because I'm scared of it or I'm hesitant. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to not open something because of my fear of it. That makes sense. Yeah. But you just but in in what sense are you waiting for the right time or how would you know that the time is right? That's what I'm saying. I don't want to do that. You I don't, don't want to do what? You I don't want to right now I'm hesitant to learn more about that, but I don't want to I don't want that hesitancy to stop me from learning more about it or not hesitancy i don't know what to say like i i expressed earlier that i'm not really or i think that only yogis can kind of get into this or whatever but just because of that preconceived notion i don't want to you know not write my dreams down or something like that Mm. so it's as you were saying i think there's a balance and i should at least get a little bit into it and yeah, try, to, like underst- try a, to understand it. Yeah. There, there isn't that hard of a line. And I think that there are some people that ex- that you can say mm-hmm. they have a deep self-understanding and they have uh, a, a balanced external life as well. Hmm? Energy. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. But, uh, for example, Naval, uh-huh. on the, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, but I followed him outside as well. Yeah. He has his own podcast, I think. Yeah. But... Naval, the thing about, he he has $100 million in the bank, or mm-hmm. around that somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he's also, I think, deeply spiritually enlightened. And the people that he interviews on his podcast are like actual geniuses. Sometimes the words that they're saying, I don't even understand. It's like they're taking random strings of words and just putting them together. Yeah. And he's like the medium that translates it for the general audience. Uh-huh. But even he, I think his things, his uh, matter of speaking and his... his uh, his lexicon for the lack of a better word yeah i think it's it still takes uh, an intelligent person to understand and i think if you're you know, if you're trying to look into more of who he is or at least how i found him just go to his podcast on joe rogan and i think i think joe rogan is the perfect kind of uh medium for to like i don't want to say to dumb down his language but to make it more accessible uh-huh. and then i think i think he, he has a lot. He has a large range of guests on. Yeah, he has and a large range of guests. On. I think he's that also, gives him some kind of experience. Of he's also really wise. He's we're glazing. We're gla- no I'm joking. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, he's really wise in the fact that he he is he kind of translates things to in in like normal people terms mm-hmm. or in general general people terms. Yeah, and oh, I mean, you want me to continue, or you had something to say? Yeah, I feel like he asked the right questions for yeah. us to understand more. And when you say wise, 
that really resonates because we talked about this before but wisdom is different from knowledge yeah and he has wisdom in a sense wisdom is experience and he has experience in a sense that he's talked to such a large range of guests that i think that's what gives him that wisdom yeah that makes sense yeah i i i can agree with you on that but also yeah it's it it aligns with the concept uh of richard feynman and his his books on the physics and his philosophy on on learning in general Mm -hmm. he says you can't truly learn something you can't truly understand something unless you can explain it to a five-year-old without any advanced vocabulary any jargon anything and i don't know the exact truth on this but i believe that he has a in his book in, in one of his lectures or in one of his documented books he has he goes from counting on the number line so counting numbers to up to calculus in like three pages in that book. I think I've told you about this before too. Really? But yeah. it's such a complex understanding of uh, math math subjects or math uh, concepts that he can just easily apply it to, or he can, easy, he can skip out on, on all these definitions, all of that. He can explain the core concept of how they all, all these variables or all these symbols and all that stuff works together. And I think... Or at least I think that Joe Rogan has that same understanding where he can process complex topics in his brain and he can, he can, really? Is that bad? He can, he can, he can process complex topics in his brain and just give them out to uh, someone that may as well not, not, or may not comprehend what the other guys are saying as well as he is. Hmm. All right, wait, say that again. He's a good translator. He's a good medium. Yeah, okay. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Because of his experience. Yeah, and I think if you look past that, or if you look deeper into Naval, and you listen to a podcast that Naval has with some of these other guys, yeah, it's, I mean, most of his podcasts are quick 10-minute videos explaining one of his tweets or something, mm-hmm. but the rare time he, or the rare occasion he has a guest on, but these guests, like, as I was saying, they're so... Not incoherent. But they're so they're so wise, and I feel like once you, it's Naval kind of acts as the Joe Rogan in yeah. his own podcast, where he takes these words, he kind of processes them, and then he spits them back out to you in a in a way that the someone who can understand his level of uh, wisdom, or not his level of wisdom, but his level of communication, yeah. they can kind of understand the the, or they can at least get a gateway into something like that. Yeah. So, do Naval's guests often talk about, I guess, spirituality yeah, or sub- subconscious? His his two main topics or the two topics that he's famous for are wealth and happiness. Okay. And he he thinks that he thinks at least that he didn't become this spiritually aware until he was wealthy, and he thinks that, or at least most, if not all, other people would be the same. He says he he hopes for like some world where everyone gets rich. And then, then everyone can, or at least our society would be better if everyone was rich. And he thinks that everyone can be rich, or in our there there can be an existence of a society where everyone is rich. Really? Yeah. And I don't I don't know how that would work, but or at yeah. least what I was thinking of when I heard that maybe the older people help the younger or the older people employ the younger people, and then after a certain time, the younger people go on and they transition into making their own money through entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. But I don't know exactly how this would work because he never explained. He he never expanded on it. Yeah. He just expressed the idea that he would, 
And I haven't listened to all of his podcasts either. But the reason that I brought him up is he talks about how he sits down and just like doesn't do anything. He just sits, sits there and stares at a wall for a long time. And I've started adopting this practice into my own daily routine too. Yeah. Where you're just it's just you and your own thoughts. It's kind of like prison in a way. It's like meditation. It's like meditation, but in oh, meditation, but meditation you're thinking of nothing. You, it's not you're thinking of nothing, but you're thinking or you're thinking of the present. You're more you're more aware. For example, if you got into a kickboxing match, and or you're in a professional MMA fight, the only thing you're thinking about is I'm dodging this my my opponent's punches. I have to elbow him. I have to get the kick. Oh, there's an opening for a takedown. The your your focus is solely put in the present moment that you're not thinking of anything else. There's no actual thoughts running through your head. It's kind of instinct. It's what I call it when I was talking to David, which was the guest on our previous podcast after you left. I call it airplane mode or like autopilot. And I think a lot of athletes also experience this feeling and they refer to it as a flow state. But I think what you're trying to do in conventional meditation is get to that feeling, but without doing any activity. You're just sitting there and you're focused on the present. So you're redirecting your focus away from your, your, I don't know, I wouldn't say consciousness, but your, your, the thoughts in your consciousness into just thoughts of, like, for example, I just try to think of how my feet feel on the ground or like how the breath feels in my nose or the breath feels in the rest of my body. Really? For, I always thought that at least from what I've read that meditation is like, meditation is you're thinking of nothing but it's not something that you have to try to achieve it's when you become so relaxed you can think about nothing there's nothing running through your head and the type of meditation that's practiced in the vedas and that i practice is mantra meditation so you just say this almost two words it can be it can be multiple words but it's often three or five or just a couple of words and you say it over and over again and you're just the only thing that you're focusing on is the words are those words yeah yeah, and I think the I think the concept of meditation is just to focus on one thing, or just yeah. to focus on. Or for me, I, I did uh, presence meditation. That's the thing that I described. Or it's called mindfulness meditation. I think mindfulness. Yeah. But you're saying mantra meditation, and I think those are two different ways to address the same thing. You're just putting your focus on something. Yeah. Instead yeah. of spreading it around uh, all over your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think this the thing about sitting on the ground and just doing nothing is the exact opposite of that it's the same feeling i'd equate it to when you go to the shower for example and the feeling of it's it's more of a reflection than it is a meditation i think yeah because uh, at least for me well first i start thinking about myself and i and then i thought think start thinking about some random thoughts i've done this very limited amount of times like yeah five or less yeah but i start thinking about myself and then i start thinking about other people sometimes i just play games in my head where i'm like if i could describe people i know in one word like what would it be what is the benefit of doing this though i feel like it's another way it's not dreams but i feel like it could help you master your conscious conscious. and i've noticed directly the correlation that the day that i the days that i do this when i sit down for one hour i feel much much better in the days afterwards or at least i feel like i can achieve a state of mind during the day when I'm not concentrated on my thoughts at all. Whenever I go to school, for example, I'm much more invested in the present moment than I am in my own thoughts. And I feel like doing that or doing the practice of sitting around and doing reflection is the is a key to that. And it helps me be more present and kind of, a, it's not exactly the state of meditation. I think 
the state of meditation is much more advanced than the than the the state in which I I feel every day uh-huh. after I do this after I do this reflection. But I think it's a state that's at least comparable. Yeah, if that makes sense. I've had a really interesting thought about this. So when I've lately, I've been when I'm eating. Because before, when I was eating, I would go on my phone or something. Same with when I was driving. I'd put a song. And the reason I stopped doing that was to reduce dopamine, which I think is a thing that's very mainstream, that a lot of people are doing dopamine detox. It wasn't necessarily dopamine detox, but I was just trying to reduce dopamine so that, you know, for whatever, the benefits that you're supposed to receive. Sure. But when I started doing this, I noticed that it's not only the dopamine that you're getting the benefit of, but also you're getting the benefit of about thinking about things and i thought at a time when there was no phones or no ipads or no laptops this is what the regular would have been this is what the norm would have been but now the norm is watching your tv watching tv or being on your phone so i think the reason that we need the kind of thing you're talking about now is because people are distracted all the time and they don't have time to recollect their thoughts i feel like at a at a previous point in time People would, the normal time that people collect their thoughts is, for example, when they're eating or when they're commuting somewhere and they're alone, they don't have anything to do or distract themselves with. But now that we do, we're not organizing our own thoughts. And that's leading to a lot of issues. Like phones on the subway. And yeah, I do. I do agree with that. And you were saying in the last episode that depression was a, a direct effect of technological development yeah and i tend to agree yeah because people have their their stuff sorted out less yeah and you know even if you go back to our if go back to older literature meditation is so commonly advocated for this point of not thinking about a lot of things and only thinking about one thing or just the idea of not thinking as much because back then we were thinking so much yeah. We had so many things to think. We had so much time, and we were thinking about so many things. That's why people practice meditation to take your mind off that. But now I feel like we might need the opposite because of. Oh yeah, that's because yeah. of how how less we are thinking about things. Yeah, because I don't know who I heard this quote from. Yeah. But the minute the iPhone came out in two thousand seven, I heard someone or someone say, like I looked at the person that I was sitting next to. And I just told them I'd never be bored again for the rest of my life. And I think being bored is a good thing. Exactly. Because being bored helps you kind of think about a lot of things. And I don't know really how to articulate this because this is all just stuff that I've thought to myself. Yeah. But it's more... I think it's it's very helpful not only to myself, but I think society would be better if everyone did it. I agree. No matter what technology there is, the human mind will always be the same. And it's just not going to change. Yeah, and, and it's it, kind of, it's being cl- like clouded up or at least, and, and even to the, to the, to a smaller degree, it's being manipulated by other people through your like, content preferences or whatever's happening there. That's true as well. But the point I was getting at was just, there's this notion I feel like now that there's so much technology, you know, you don't, you won't have to do the things that people did before then. For example, this, uh, what's it called? The Neuralink or? Yeah, the Elon Musk thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neuralink. Neuralink. Like, he's, I think he's almost pushing a notion that, I mean, he's pushing a notion that there's like, 
there's a need to not do certain things you would have had to before or this is this is a good thing this technological development is a good thing because now you're going to have access to all the information in the world but something that a lot of our teachers even at school reinforce the idea is what about learning to learn what about developing your brain so going back to the point i was making earlier if we use this neuralink example i think the thing could be you have all the knowledge in the world now your mind is not developed but your brain evolutionarily is evolutionarily is still the same if you don't have a developed brain no matter what information you have access to that's not a good thing that makes sense so you think what technology is hindering our development i think it is i think it is yeah i think it is what well, if we're going back to the example of that 1 year old watching cocomelon yeah think he he'd end up like worse if once he grows or once he gets older you think he won't be able to think as clearly yeah mr mr b said this shout out mr b math yeah. teacher yeah but you we were talking about the watering down of the he was talking about he always mentions the watering down of american education or math education and he references often how the ap tests have less content on them and he said it was because we he says when we were kids we didn't have phones and we had more time to think and more time to do certain things and it's like we were talking about with on the UJ episode and i think because of that we even though we're making these technological developments if we didn't have these things we would be making even more progress if we didn't oh, have something like a phone that's an interesting perspective to look at yeah so it seems that we're developing more but i think that's just because that's inherently because of the technology but if we put ourselves in the situation where we didn't have these kind of distractions our development would go through the roof but i almost think that this is natural you know we always we often mention how in our in our belief system we're in the era of suffering yeah right i think this is part of that personally that's my belief that makes sense i think it's inherent with technology that it le- it leads to these kind of things that makes sense i can see i can see why you think that yeah. you know uh this is not really an off topic but i'll bring it up anyway sure. you know another way in which technology is hindering our our way to, our, our our ability to think speech if you look at speakers from 100 years ago even even less than that pe- pe- speakers from like 50 years ago they're able to articulate their thoughts a lot more clearly than, clearly than we are now I mean, we look at someone like, like Tate. Why do you think a lot of young people are addicted, or not addicted, but attracted to Tate? It's because he's a good speaker. But because and our world has so little good speakers, or like we don't we don't have much. Even our politicians, they can't get their words out clearly. Yeah, yeah. I've expressed this view before, but I read a book last year. in we had a class called literature of the south and i read to william faulkner's as i lay dying mm-hmm. and these people are uneducated but their language is so precise they're i i felt as if they were describing their thoughts with such precision that i've i've never seen before something like that and even if you look at our old government uh, governmental documents it's very very precise but it's also harder to understand. So initially what I thought after reading this was our communication has developed. We've gotten to a point where we can use uh 
less advanced vocabulary, less advanced whatever, grammar, sentence structure, but we can still get more through. We can still get more communications through. But now, that was what I thought initially after reading that, reading those kind of things. But now I see that communication issues are also are still prevalent right so i don't know i'm not sure it's i i think that we've or at least i you kind of touched on this but you didn't directly address it i think that we've kind of devolved in terms of communication i don't know what you meant by community or uh, communication issues are still present you think you're saying they were present back then yeah so in that book the characters they have there's a lot of miscommunication and there's a lot of not communicating that leads it's i would say it's a it's a bad ending and i thought that was one of the things that led to that ending bad ending in terms of writing quality or just bad as in terms bad of ending in terms of the events that happened in the story yeah. the characters communication i'm talking about but they even though they communicated with such precision even though they communicated yeah, even though they communicated with such precision, I felt their communication wasn't good. So I thought, so initially that led me to compare it with our communication. I thought, oh, our communication is better. But then if you really reflect, our communication isn't great either. Mm-hmm. So Even during this podcast itself, I've had multiple times in which I've wanted <coughs> to say or choose the right words to say something, but I can't. Yeah. And, yeah, I can, I can really feel... Because... I mean, if you look at TikTok, for example, a lot of people just start using some TikTok vocabulary, and they kind of throw out the stuff that they have in their brain, mm-hmm. and it kind of, it goes to their, well, I don't want to say subconscious, but it goes somewhere else. You know, when you, what you said about you couldn't find the right words to say, that's really interesting, because maybe it's the fact that we just can't under, our communication has deteriorated so much that we can't understand their form of communication. And we but the people bad. at that time could have. Yeah. Or I thought it was bad. I don't think it's a general consensus that their communication was bad. But maybe that's why I thought it was bad. What? Because we've regressed so much that yes. it has become worse. Maybe. Maybe. I could see that, yeah. Even, the story even, is the story. It's, the story, it's, yeah, it's not yeah, an example. Yeah, yeah. Our, I mean, look at our... If you wanted to look at something like the Constitution, that's people argue that's the greatest piece of you know, governing ever. And that's, that was written with such precision. So yeah. that's obviously, the story is whatever. I feel like writing and speaking are different, though. Yeah. And I feel like what technology has done, as we were talking about earlier, how it kind of clouds up our brain to where people can't get their thoughts together. I feel like there's slowly, like, a bridge that disconnects. On one side of the bridge, there's our thoughts. And then on one side, the other side, there's our speech. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, for me at least, I feel like I think at a very advanced level but I can't speak at a very advanced level. For example, even in in uh, Telugu, which is the my mother tongue, there's a lot of times when I just can't find the right word to say. And I've I feel like I've felt that it's a it's a regression of my ability to speak the language. But also when I was a kid, and I had I, I think there there didn't exist that bridge that disconnected my my thoughts and my speech, because. Even now, whenever people talk in the most advanced, or the, even when I go to the village and people are talking, I understand every single thing that they're saying. So there's there's that proof that at least somewhere in here, 
I have the ability to speak that as well. But I don't, I don't really know how to address the problem because I've stopped using technology, but I feel like my speech is still, still remained at the same level. Yeah, so you're saying almost that it's been pushed back somewhere, that yeah. knowledge. And maybe reading or looking more into that or accessing that information could help you, could have a real-world effect, and it could, ha- it could help you, you know, Speak, find yeah. the right words in that language. Everything, everything that I've ever thought about is somewhere in my brain. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's just shoved back into the part that I can't remember. Yeah. And I told you this as well. But the some of the, the few days after I started writing down my dreams, and once as I'm going back to sleep, I remember such like vivid, like deep memories from my childhood that I've just never thought about. I haven't this one time I, I remember this memory. I was like I haven't thought about. It. I remember the thought of thinking. I've never thought about this memory in the past ten years, and this is the first time I've addressed. I'm addressing that. That's crazy. And then instantly, I go to sleep. I wake up and forget what I was thinking about. But I remember the feeling. The only thing I remember from that experience is the feeling of, the feeling of uh, experiencing that memory. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but when I went to India, when I, after I came back from Qatar and I went to India, I sat on my bed and then I just closed my eyes and then immediately I was, I was, uh, I was at the airport. The airport from the airport in Qatar as I was going back to India, and then I told my mom, or I was okay. So we we had two suitcases, a black suitcase and a blue suitcase. I was sitting on the blue suitcase. My jacket was hung up on the black suitcase. My mom, I was sitting by the side of the male bathroom. Yeah. There was a gray wall. Male bathroom was on this side. Women's bathroom was on this side. And there was a drinking fountain in the middle. And I was sitting on the the male side of the thing on my suit on the blue suitcase and with the black suitcase in my left hand. I remember how the metal bars felt against my hand. My mom walked out of the, the women's bathroom and she said, like, what's up? And I told her, tell my sister to hurry up so we can get on this plane and not miss our flight. And then immediately, instantly as I thought that, I was like, I'm not even here right now. I'm in my bed. I'm sleeping inside my bed at this very moment. I'm sitting in this bed with my eyes closed. And then for 30 seconds, I think, this was the thought of where... This is why I don't refer to meditation as not thinking nothing. Because I think in those 30 seconds, I thought of absolutely nothing. There was nothing, there's no brain activity happening. Like, my last brain cell just disappeared like that. And I was just stuck in this dark space. I don't even know if it's a dark space. I couldn't, I, I can't. You I, just didn't think of it. I can't, I didn't think of anything. I, but you I know it was there. I know it was there. Because I remember as when I started getting my consciousness back, I was thinking, let me move my, let me move my legs. So I know that I'm here. I couldn't move my legs. I thought, let me, let me, can I, let me try to feel the blanket that's on top of me. I couldn't feel the blanket there. I couldn't feel anything at all. Wait, you thought to the feel, only you th- thought to feel that blanket? Yeah. But you said there was no thoughts. No, no, no. I'm saying for thir- solid 30 seconds, there was no thoughts. And then my brain started processing it. And I was like, holy shit, I just thought of nothing for the past 30 seconds. And then, and then I was like, like can I move? I know that I'm in this bed because my brain knows that information. There's information that's stuck in my head that this brain is, uh, or my brain knows the information that I was sitting in this bed and that I potentially closed my eyes and went, went to sleep. That's the thing. The thing but, that I first thought of when I, when I saw the airport scene 
it's a dream, right? It has to be a dream. Even though it felt like insanely real, it's a dream. Because I was probably asleep. But you knew it was a dream in the dream. I knew it was a dream as soon as I told my mom to, let my, to tell my sister to hurry up. In the dream. That it wasn't but that real. was in the dream. I knew that it wasn't real. When you... That airport part was in the dream. I think so. Ask your mom. <laughs> I asked my mom, but... She said she, she doesn't she remember just, that. She just said you're crazy. She, she told me that... Don't thought, tell her the whole story. Just tell her that... Tell her, were we sitting at... Were, were, were we sitting at this... Do you remember us sitting in the airport and I asked you, is my sister... Tell my sister to hurry up. It could have happened. I'm not denying that. But, but it sure. also happened in your dream? You just don't know. Dude, I remember coming home and I remember going to sleep. Yeah? Okay. But then this exact memory, I don't know if it's a memory or a dream or whatever, because I don't remember that specific scene. I don't remember it happening at the airport, but it could have happened because my mom and my sister went to the bathroom before when I was just sitting outside. It could have happened. Wait, 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 wait. It could have happened at the airport? When, before I came back, it could have happened. That was a memory that definitely could have happened. Because there's a lot of times when my mom... So this was after you came back to St. Louis? No, after I came back to... You went back to your hotel... Oh, you went back to your home in India? Yeah, from Qatar. And that's when you remembered this? Yeah. You remembered this? I I laid on the bed and I closed my eyes. And then this exact scene played out exactly how I described it. As a dream or a memory? I'm not sure. 30 seconds of silence... It felt really real. It felt insanely real. Like, it was super palpable. I could but, feel... I could see the colors with my eyes. I could feel the texture of the suitcase on my butt. I could feel the, the metal rod yeah, I was yeah. holding with, on, my, on the other suitcase with my left hand. But as a memory... But you knew this wasn't real. I knew it wasn't real because when I said the words to my mom, I thought, I'm not here right now. I'm actually sitting in the bed. Oh, but you're saying it could have happened, could and have then happened. it could have happened, and then when you were there, you could have been thinking, this is not real right now. I, I, that's not what I was saying, Oh, but could that have happened? Like, you were, at so. the, you were at the airport. I felt that I was really at the airport. It was insanely real to me that, it was, that I was at the airport. Okay, and you asked your mom, and she gave you no confirmation. Yeah. Okay. But okay, let me let me finish the story. Sure, sure. So what happened after that thirty seconds of silence, or I, I just call it silence. I don't know what it actually was. I, at least to me, I felt like this is the the feeling, or after when I when I think about this, because I still remember what it felt like, or not really. I just remember a kind of. I don't know how to describe it. Um, like that's something I that I have no words this. to describe. I need to process this. There's something that I have no words to describe, but. I feel like this is the feeling that I felt either before my birth or after my death. Like, in a scientific sense. Of no, that feeling of nothingness. Of nothingness. And then, and then I started thinking, I started, my brain started catching up with, like, shit, like, what the fuck is happening to me? And then, I tried to move my hands. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't feel anything. And then I tried to move my legs. I couldn't feel anything. And you then know, I tried to feel the blanket, and I couldn't feel anything. This experience feels vaguely familiar. Two things you said that struck me. One is the dream feeling so real that you remember the sensory details Mm -hmm. that has definitely happened to me before and when i think of that i immediately think of and also the thing of i'm when i'm dreaming itself i'm telling myself this is not real i'm dreaming yeah those two things are part familiar feelings but something i think of when i think of that sensory detail is when you're younger and in the dream you feel, or when you 
okay in real life when when you're younger and you piss yourself in the dream something happens right you're you're doing something in that something in that that dream that's related to water yeah yeah so i think that first part about or that sensory detail part could have been something you were feeling on your bed it could have struck something yeah all right and then this feeling of nothing i don't know what to make of that I don't know what to make of it either. I still haven't completely... My brain hasn't processed what actually happened. I would need to take time to break it down. I think we should talk about it after this episode. Yeah, we can if you want to. Uh, but I, at least I think that I've actually started keeping... Or, I mean, I said, like, first it was Bleach, then it was YouTube, yeah. whatever. But I feel like that experience actually helped me stay consistent with it. You know, maybe... I, was, I, I, think, I still think, to this day, that's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. There's no yeah. way, because I can't even, like, think about it. Maybe it's related to lucid dreaming. I don't know. Because well, if it was lucid dreaming, then wouldn't I just wake up? I think it's lucid dreaming, but something went, I, wrong I, something went wrong somewhere. <laughs> what did you do? No, but it's, uh, what I immediately thought of, or, uh, for, like, a day, I was kind of going crazy. Yeah. I thought maybe... Like I, this, you know the simulation theory, right? Yeah. I thought this is this might be a thing. My brain just might be in a jar, and this body is just something that, something that my brain is just configuring. Cause one, cause of how real that dream felt, and two, cause of how real that nothing, the nothingness felt, or the dream or the memory or whatever. You know, I felt this thing. This is this familiar is this feeling is familiar where, you can't move. I, bro, it's familiar, and I'm not just saying this because you said it. But this feeling is familiar. Is it? I'm being serious. Like, I'm not joking, or I'm not saying this just because you said it. But it's it's a it's a familiar feeling, but it's so far off that I can't think about it. Yeah. But I remember at a point, sitting in bed, not being able to move. Yeah. But it's so far off, I can't remember it. Yeah. So I think, maybe I think this isn't... to do some thinking to, to get there. One theory but... is... This isn't as rare as you think it is, but the reason that you're so in touch with it is because of the dream journaling you've been doing. You think? Yeah. That is an interesting Because when you said this, I thought of it, it felt familiar, but so far off. But maybe if I was dream journaling at that time, that would have stuck with me more. Maybe. I don't know, man. It's it's too much to wrap my head around. It's too and much it's, to wrap. Up. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying when you say it's scary in a way. Because even then, like talking about it or thinking about it, I felt I felt kind of scared. Yeah. Like, or this... I mean, I and I felt scared for the whole day after I experienced it. But I think it's important. I think it should be a thing that I should do. And then you're just there. Like that's the that's the thing. And then you're just there in the physical world. Yeah. Just back to normal. Yeah. But what if this isn't the normal? What if that wasn't normal? Oh, but I only got a brief. <laughs> A very brief touch of it. That's what I thought the entire time. I'm going to start keeping track of my dreams after this. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's crazy. Maybe this is that This is that push we need. To, to become, become a yogi. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what that was. Maybe we're, we've got somewhere. It was really scary. I thought my brain was in a jar for the whole day after. I thought this, this, is, this is a simulation. Scary but then I told my mom, and my mom was just like, if you keep thinking your brain's in a jar, you're gonna jump out of a. You're gonna uh, jump off a jump cliff. off a cliff someday to prove that it's not or that this isn't real. And I think she's just like, just don't think about it. Podcasting is crazy. Podcasting about it is crazy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel. I mean, I don't know. 
I feel like this is a relevant subject now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But that 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 must be even scarier for you podcasting about yeah, that, bro. I got shivers when I was talking about it. Bro. <laughs> um, yeah, like you think you think coyotes are scary, bro? Oh yeah. I fucking know. My hands are shaking. Yeah. Yeah. How long are we at? How long were we at? I don't know. Fifteen ninety two. Are you the UJ one went up to twenty two ninety something? I don't know what this is. What measure this is? I think it's metronome notes. Come on, man. Okay, I think we started at six thirty ish. Wait, no, we didn't. <laughs> Definitely not. It's not. It's that hasn't been an hour. Six forty, I say. <laughs> I still don't think it's been an hour. The UJ one was an hour twenty. Ah, fine. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I feel like that would be such a weird place to end it off at. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn, the ox, the the ops got us. <laughs> <laughs> you just cut it off in the middle of a talking of a sentence. The matrix got us. <laughs> I don't know what to end it off on though. Yeah. Well, well I know I'm gonna start journaling. Yeah, I think that's that's the first thing, and I I think at least I've. I feel like I've kind of suppressed that memory as well because I've really had no one to talk to talk to about. It. Yeah, dream journaling is a thing, and I feel like I've suppressed the memory for so long because I just hadn't like no no one to talk, to talk to it about. First, I told my mom, then I told my sister, and then I just never told anyone. We can again. talk more about it after this because I actually want to understand what happened. Yeah, sure, that works. But yeah, I think I think it is a connection to divinity, and I think that exploring the subconscious at least is something that we should go into. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only conclusion I had about it after this that. Is, I feel like I still haven't understood enough about that experience or any of my other dreams. We should follow up that, on it in another episode. Sure. There's no link between anything that I've written down in my in my dream book. Where's my phone? I can I can literally read out some of the things. Sure. Actually, yeah. I don't know. If I, I think that would be interesting. You know, one thing I had the other day, I woke up at 4 a.m. and I remembered the dream I had. Right. Oh wow! Okay, I forgot about this dream, even though I had it today. Right. So, okay, let's start with the first one. That's we crazy! You just remember the dream that you had today? Yeah, that's insane. That's what I was just about to say. You can continue this after, but I woke up at four a.m. and I had a dream. And I remembered it so vividly. In the first like eight to ten. Did seconds. I tell even, you about even, it? No, even the first one to two minutes after you wake up, right? Yeah, and then it just it just went. It just went away. It was, no, it was for, no, 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 it wasn't one to two minutes, because I've had that before, that's a common feeling. What was different about this was, it was almost 30 minutes I stayed awake after that. This was on a weekend, it wasn't today, sorry. And then I fell back asleep, and then it was gone. Really? Wow. And then I had another dream. It was, yeah. You know, there's two dreams that I had in 2013. I remember thinking about it. Hold up, hold up. Sure. I might be able to I don't remember. know if you could remember it. I, it would be kind of hard. It would be very hard. But I remember a character who was in it, or a person who was in it, and I'm trying to think, who was it? I know who it was. Who, who was it? But I'm not going to say it on right, the podcast. Fine. You can say it after. Yeah. But uh, here, here's, here, so, okay, there's actually two dreams that I remember from not from now. And from, it, okay. From way further before, back in yeah. 2013 and 2014, I think are the two years that I had these dreams. And the first one, I went to the summer camp. And they they're saying announcing dismissal or something. They're saying we're oh you told me about this. Yeah. I told you about this yeah. that day. Yeah, but I said we're they're, they're, they kept saying like we're announcing dismissal or something like that. Whenever they kept calling us out to, for our parents to pick us up, I was seven years seven years old maybe at the summer camp, and I remember I was in this room with Iron Man, Superman, 
and someone else, and they're, they're sitting around this table, and they're playing uh, some card game, and there, there was, there's like an audio system, and it was just playing announcing for dismissal, announcing for dismissal, announcing dismissal, and it just kept going on and on and on. And then I remember there was this like a little button here that I pressed, and I became like super massive, but that's, that's not an important part. And the second one is when me and uh, one of my super close family friends, we just went to heaven. That was a dream. I forgot what we did up there. I remember in heaven we sat, we ha or when I was very young, when I was like six months to one years old, I used to sit in this seat. It was a green plastic-ish seat, and my legs would just come out like this, and then uh, I'm like super small and stuffy in that thing. It's a, it's a little container for me to sit in when I was a, a baby up to when I was like two, three years old. And I remember me and the other person both sat in that container. Was it Gunnar? No, it wasn't Gunnar, it was Oshkir. Uh, but we both started laughing. Oh, told me. Yeah, we both started laughing, and that's the last I remember of it. But uh, as of late, here are some of the dreams. I'll choose. You know, on that note, I had, I had something similar. This wasn't a dream, but when I was sitting on the toilet... Like when I was younger, <laughs> yeah. When I was sitting on the toilet and I was younger, we had this crowning on our walls, mm -hmm. and I used to pretend I was in a circle with like Iron Man, Hulk, yeah, and like Spider Man or something, and I would like, so we had this cabinet next to me, right? This is so unrelated, True. but but we had this cabinet next to me, and I would like. I'd make this pattern on it every single time. That was the password to unlock my computer. <laughs> and then I'd type a message. I'd like pretend like I was typing a message in this crowning. And then it would go around, like as if we were in a circle. And then... <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, anyways, that was related. But no. So these that those dreams you remember, right? I have two very specific dreams that I've told you about. Yeah. One is very one. strange. It's this dream where I'm stuck in this facility, this warehouse thing. And... It's these yeah, Star me. Wars characters. Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers and Anakin. It's, it's like, it's the Clone Wars people, the animated ones. Yeah. Except in the dream, I'm real, and they're all animated. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that happens. And they're, they're chasing me through this facility. And the reason I say this is because I have this same dream on the same day every single year. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. And, and it always wakes up. The elevate this elevator opens. I'm in this elevator, and I always wake up when that elevator opens, and they're all facing me. Mm -hmm. Did you say General Grievous came out of the General elevator? Grievous was the he on the the leader of that group that's facing me. Yeah, crazy. That's there. Yeah, I just the other one. The other one. Okay, I have two other ones, but one I remember really clearly was that. Actually, I don't know. It's not even that important. But all right, I'll, I'll continue with mine. Sure. Some of these are really random. Author of Vinland Saga wanted the reader to listen to a variety interview in which Oppenheimer calls in some dude named Toppenheimer. That was literally one of them. I wrote. I woke up and wrote this down. Though this one is kind of sad. My mom gives me a lot of old old pictures and videos on accident as a college app. Oh. For wow. my college app, and they're full of memories that never happened. And then there's a lot with my dad. And I just I was like, what does this mean? And, oh, there, there, I listed out a couple of them. I was walking on the road as a five-year-old with a balloon, and someone takes it from me and runs away. And the other one is me at, like, ten, making a TikTok with my dad at the beach, and he just looks super tired. And then that one is a sad one for me, because I just woke up and just realized that none of them were real. And it was such a nice feeling, and it just, like, slowly went away as soon as I woke up. Yeah. Uh, another one, cybersecurity. My life was exposed, public, and everyone was taking advantage. Oh, I dated blank for some reason and she turned into an app too 
Or, no, she turned into an op, <laughs> not an app. Oh, but that name's written down? Yeah. Okay, okay. I was watching Iga, and the villain was absolutely va- whack and had a ton of guns. He kills everyone in a room and shoots a guy in his balls with guns with his guns <laughs> after shooting his hands off and giving him a briefcase with a bomb. Okay, I was talking to Blank about Blank. And then in parentheses, I put small wee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Okay, okay. And military operations started. Fought this guy like Fire Force, but the military power overpowered us and we had to retreat. Alright, that's enough, bro. <laughs> okay, now here's the last one. Okay, this okay. is the one that I had today that okay, I remember. Okay. Out on a walk with a shower head and an extension cord, see a werewolf, starts attacking me, perfect human speech. I tell it to stop and he's like, I can't do that. Absolutely mauls me. <laughs> I texted Messi and he knows how to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy though. You remember your dreams every day. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm. I'm gonna have to start dream journaling. Especially the audience. Yeah, it's something interesting. I think we can definitely learn something from this if more people do it. More, <laughs> more research needs to be put on. <laughs> 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 weird ass dreams. Yeah, I, I mean, I can. I remember my dream was pretty weird too. I'll tell you about it after this. You sure? Yeah. Right. I think. Well, I just remember it was weird. I mean, but sure. But sure. the only thing I remember about it was the character. All right. Is that a good place to end it? Yeah. Dream journaling. Dream journaling. Good thing. Peace. Yep.